0: In this podcast, we'll be sharing nine practical tips that we know will improve your Google Ads performance in 2022. You're listening to the PPC Burrito. Hey there amigos, welcome to the PPC Burrito, the podcast of choice for marketers hungry for knowledge of all things pay-per-click. I'm Michael Kenny, And I'm Becky Hopkin. And we represent Digital Gearbox, a PPC specialist agency dedicated to helping businesses around the world grow using Google, Facebook, Instagram and Bing. Hey Becky, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm. I mean, this episode is going to be sponsored by Olbus Oil and other cold <laughs> remedies because both you and I do have lingering colds that have. Well, mine's been going on over a month, so that's fun. But I'm. I'm. Aside from that, I am well, and I am excited to be back podcasting with you. Yes,
0: yeah, so we did actually have plans on getting the podcast back live earlier in 2022, um, but yeah, it we've all been ill everyone's been ill <laughs> luckily luckily not covid touchwood not covid but yeah we're back the start of a new year the start of a new program. We've made a couple of changes to the podcast. You're going to be hearing a lot more of myself and Becky. We're also going to be getting uh, more of the team from Digital Gearbox involved in the podcast. And also, we have some wonderful guests lined up over the next few months, specialists from around the world, all designed to help you, yes, you lovely people, get the most from your campaigns. We're kicking off this first well, I was gonna say this first year, but it's not this first year. This first episode of this new year. Um with with a bit of a whopper, which we will get into, but first, the start of a brand new segment. It's the news. The news this week, details on experiment campaign changes in Google Ads. And we also have a little bit about Instagram potentially being the platform of focus for social media in 2022. But first, experimental campaign changes. What's going on here, Becky?
1: Yeah, it's all good stuff. I can say good stuff. Google have made good changes. Um, good changes. Good <laughs> changes.
0: Like good changes.
1: So, um... Yeah, about a month ago, it might have been just before Christmas, they updated their experiments feature to simplify it, basically. So um, anyone who's made experiments previously might remember it was a little bit complex. You had to set up a draft and then you had to make the changes and then you had to say, yes, I'm going to run this experiment. Now they've cut back a few clicks. Um, they've now just made one little button called experiments experiments. Um, And they're giving you a little bit of guidance um, to help shape that uh, experiment. So they pop up three options um, of things you could experiment with. One is just the text ads, one is a video experiment, and one is a custom experiment. And that's probably where you're going to do the most tweets because you've got full control there. But the best thing about this change is that now once your experiment is live, if you wanna make any bid adjustments or add any negative keywords, that kind of thing, it's gonna apply the changes to both of the campaigns, which is a real game changer because if you're making any small tweaks, you want to make sure that that test is going to be a um, a fair test and that you're making those changes to both campaigns and previously you had to go in and do it individually to both so a much um, welcome addition and update from Google um, that I'm very grateful for
0: yeah this is it's I think it's been a long time coming. Uh I think that the previous experiment campaign setup process was just so clunky and it had been for a long time. I know that it's been the subject of many, many discussions, uh slash moans in, in our office, uh anyway. And and myself personally, um I, I remember one of the first times I had to go and set up a campaign experiment with the old process and just being so confused about what was actually happening as a result of my selections and clicks and kind of going, well, is this real? Is this happening? Is this, am I just clicking into space? Um, and, and, just a lot of doubt and confusion with the old process. But now looking at the new experiment campaign setup, uh, like you said, saving you a few kicks and you actually know what you're getting now. You know exactly what you're setting up. There's no real doubt. Um, so yeah, a really, really welcome change to process. Um, any any tips based on what you've seen so far with the new setup, Becky? Um
1: not Not especially. I just think my my biggest tip here is to use it. I still go into so many accounts (laughs) where they're not running any experiments. And I think kind of one of the big obvious things that people should be experimenting with is different bidding strategies. Mm. People tend to just apply one and see how it does. And they don't really know if that's the best choice for their campaign. So yeah, make sure you utilize the experiment feature because it's a really useful tool.
0: Yeah, a lot of people well, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people have, have put a lot of time to change this process and, and, and take it from the broken down mess that it once was into this shiny new function. Um, just don't let it gather dust in a corner. Use it. Use it. That's what it's there for. We're, we're all marketers and we're all looking to learn from the data that we are ultimately spending money uh, on. Um, yeah, use it. Like Becky said, <laughs> use it. Um, Instagram. So uh take this with a pinch of salt we're taking this from socialmediatoday.com, today.com uh, um but there's an article there um which is talking about Instagram and how Instagram is going to be the platform of focus for marketers in 2022 according to new research. Now if you go through the article that new research is uh well, it's a couple of polls on Twitter but you know that's kind of what qualifies as new research these days which you know it I mean it is essentially polling people on a couple of different social media platforms but i think when we were going through it becky that the in the the results the insight was quite interesting because i think you and i and i think most people would just assume that tiktok would just be the default app of choice for most brands most businesses to kind of flock to but no it's uh, instagram remains the king or queen and uh, it is it remains the platform that most people will be kind of hedging their bets on. Now we say that, um, but there is, I think an argument to be made that LinkedIn also remains uh, a platform that a lot of people are going to go, I need to make sure that I'm focusing on this. So it is a bit of a confusing article. It's, it's a bit of a clickbait headline uh, headline, really, isn't
1: it? Well, yeah, it's, um, I mean, the whole headline is Instagram is the one we're focusing on and actually, they did the two polls, um, like you said, Michael. One on Twitter and one on LinkedIn, actually. And it's the the Twitter one where Instagram came out on top. Um, but looking at the numbers, there was only 232 votes there. Which, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's not 10 people. It's not a straw poll, but at the same time, it's it's not a mass. Whereas the LinkedIn study, there was over 2,000 votes. Um, and on there yeah. LinkedIn came up on top but obviously these are people on LinkedIn thinking about LinkedIn so it's... It's,
0: <laughs> it's
1: interesting I think I mean what what we can take away from it actually is on both polls Facebook was the least um, the lowest score yeah so I mean people are aware they they're putting TikTok on there. They know it's a growing channel. Um, I think whether people would want to focus on it completely depends on their target audience. Um, and yeah, Instagram has been growing over the years, and LinkedIn as a as a targeting a targeted tool for marketing, nothing beats it if you're looking to target B two B. So people seem to be understanding a little bit more about the power of linkedin now which is good but in terms of which one is the the one that most people are focusing on who knows this this data isn't really going to tell us the answer to that
0: yeah it's it's incredibly skewed it's it's very biased and uh, i feel a little bit guilty bringing this to the news party especially given the fact this is our first news segment of the year and of the podcast and uh it's a bit crap. 232 votes on Twitter, which also didn't include Twitter as an option on that <laughs> poll. Uh, okay. Uh, and, and yeah, like you said, I mean, on LinkedIn, uh, I think given the audience, there's always going to be a little bit of bias towards the platform that they're on. And also, I think it's very telling that TikTok is uh, way down uh, with only 19% of the votes. So mm. You know, it's uh, I do think that the user base on LinkedIn is getting a little younger, getting a little bit more savvy. Uh, mm-hmm. definitely with the changes that they've made over the last couple of years on the platform. Um, it's 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 always, I think it's always interesting and slash new, well, newsworthy whenever there's um, a poll or some data out there that says that TikTok isn't ruling the world. Um, yeah. But, I mean, we've tried TikTok as digital gearbox, mixed results on it. Um, I think the biggest thing that we can take from this information here is uh, is that Facebook, yeah, Facebook is probably, I mean, for us, our lowest, um, I wouldn't say lowest, our weakest performing platform. But we'll still continue to use it because there are people there people to talk to people to help with um our resources and things like that uh we will put links to both articles as part of the news in the show notes for the podcast so feel free to go and grab those and read them and enjoy them to your heart's content uh and that is the news on to the main subject of the podcast the thing that you're here for of course It's the nine practical tips to improve your Google Ads performance in 2022. It's the question that gets asked at the start of every year, and that is, do you want to get ahead with your ads campaigns for that year? And the answer is always, yeah. I don't think the answer has ever been a, uh, maybe... Maybe, but um, Becky, we, um, we, we put together this article recently and um, I think it's something that we always do kind of before the start of the year. We we always kind of take a look at the data that we've gathered over the course of, you know, the previous 12 months and we go, right, so how can we take what we learned personally as an agency Um, and and how can we then use that to, to kind of help other businesses um, get ahead? Uh, What have we got? What are our learnings? Mm -hmm. how can we help
1: so kind of this initial focus is really focused on the actual ad element so obviously there's lots of different ways you can improve performance but I think too many people have become a little bit complacent about the ads themselves which is kind of understandable because there's been all this talk about automation and bidding and audiences but if your ads are no good then it's never going to work and the the change from Google from um, moving from the expanded text ads to the responsive search ads, which is going to be the only um, ad type available after the 30th of June for search ads, um, it's, it's really come to make us as marketeers really consider what messages we should be putting across. And we've been doing a lot of a lot of uh, testing with responsive search ads, and actually, we've seen a big increase in our click through rates over the last year. So um, I think our benchmark uh, click through rate is ten point six seven percent for our clients, which is way above um, some of the, the WordStream benchmarks of just three percent, and that's because we've had to really sit back and consider what messages we've been putting across so i just wanted to to talk through what kind of messages you can be thinking about because i think one of the the biggest mistakes that i see with responsive search ads are people just keyword stuffing putting Mm -hmm. in the same variations of the same thing and not thinking about well actually this is an opportunity to test different messages test different um Test test different angles and you've got a whole 15 headlines and four descriptions to play with now so yeah let's should we dive into some of the things you can think about including
0: yeah let's do it okay
1: so number one make it clear what you're offering Mm. yes the most obvious thing to cover um but it's one that many businesses seem to fall down on and I think that can sometimes come to the way that their accounts are segmented um obviously if you're selling something super well if you've got a variety of products you want to be having segmented ad groups so that you can have ads that are making it clear that you offer that specific thing that someone is searching for so um in my example we had um the term baby blankets and when I googled this, the top result was um a company that sells tartan baby blankets, which is all very good. but if I'm not after a tartan baby blanket, I'm not going to be interested in in that initial listing mm. um so you've got to really think about what you've got to try and match those that initial headline as closely as possible to that keyword set that you're targeting, but also make sure that you're making it clear what kind of products you stock I guess actually the tartan example does that um but don't just um don't just tick the box of i'm putting the keywords in think about kind of a little bit of framing to help the buyer understand what kind of products they can expect to see so again going back to baby blankets think about things like high quality baby blankets personalized baby blankets great value what is the thing that really makes you different to all the other people selling baby blankets in this example um So yeah have a think about that utilize those 30 characters as well it's not just a case of saying we do baby blankets this is imagine you're the sales person in the room what is it about your products that makes them so great
0: it's it's really interesting with with the example that you've used and uh and again what we'll do is we will link uh, in the show notes to the article that we're referring to in this episode uh it's over on our website www.digitalgearbox.co.uk for the plug um but the the example that we have in front of us is the the baby blankets uh that we've got the free ads as as Becky says we've got tartan we've got uh, we've got a baby Maury, and then we've got john lewis and all free ads kind of just get it wrong and and there are kind of opportunities to to explore in all in all of them mm-hmm. um which one though um putting you on the spot here a bit becky uh, which yeah. one of the three would you say is the best
1: oh good question mm. on the premise if i don't know the brand i would actually say that the tartan is doing the best job of framing what they actually offer mm. um I mean i hadn't heard of baby maury so mm. saying baby maury blankets i don't know what that kind of blanket is um without the context that it's john lewis and knowing that john lewis are a kind of premium supplier of products where quality is very important um just saying baby blankets doesn't tell me what kind so if i was john lewis i would be putting in um, the quality baby blankets angle just to make yep. sure if anyone hadn't heard of John Lewis, um, if they weren't running very nice advertising campaigns throughout the year um, that people knew exactly what kind of products they did. So actually in this example, the tartan is the best, but if I'm just, if they're just bidding on baby blankets, that might be wasted money because if people don't want a tartan option, they're or immediately ruling themselves out.
0: What I, what I took from it is that John Lewis, um, a, a, a very obviously probably going to have the biggest budget of the of the free advertisers Mm -hmm. so they're not going to really be sweating it so much in terms of including things like you know here's an offer or they're not really going to care so much about kind of trying to prompt with call to actions or anything like that they're just going to say Hey, we're John Lewis, you know who we are because you you know, you walk past us in the high street, you know we're reputable. Um, we also do baby blankets and we have a bedding collection, all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. so their their focus is more just, well, we're John Lewis, so yeah. you know who we are, and we do baby blankets. Whereas baby Maury you know they've got to work a little bit harder because not as many people know who they are so they have to go well we, we do baby blankets we're really good at doing baby blankets we have all the essentials for baby blankets um but you know we're we're also offering i mean there's a few offers in here you know mm-hmm. 20% off with with a code uh, free shipping over 45 pounds and then they've got the call to action at the end so they they're working really hard to try and establish themselves as a value proposition mm-hmm. um and and like you said yeah i mean the tartan blanket i i like you know that they're there trying to establish themselves as a uh, as a niche uh, in 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 the search, and they're kind of you know they're kind of talking about the the blanket as a you know temperature regulating and um, good for your baby and all that kind of stuff. But I kind of feel like there's. You know, cosy blankets and scarves is is quite broad as well, but there's no kind of call to action in there. Uh, I'm also assuming that that ad is going to drive you through to a homepage. Uh, And if it's not, um, you know, there's no, you know, both Baby Maury and Tartan Blanket aren't using paths in in our ads, whereas John Lewis is. I mean, you would expect John Lewis to do so because John Lewis isn't just exclusively selling baby blankets. But I think going back to the original point was that i think all three advertisers could be doing this a little bit better yeah um so there is definitely an opportunity for you to actually get one over the big boys in in john lewis by just kind of looking at what they're doing Mm -hmm. and looking at what their competitors are doing and kind of going okay how can i kind of get in the middle there and it's definitely possible
1: So number two, it's kind of an obvious one, but many people fail to make it clear in their ad copy. And that is make it clear how customers can do business with you. So if you are an online retailer, make it clear that people can buy online. If you're B2B, can people see service prices online or can people get a quote? Can they get a free trial? I mean, when, when people want something, they kind of have an idea of how they want to receive it. And if you're not making that clear, it can be disappointing if someone, for example, if you if you are a retailer but you don't buy online, it can be very frustrating for people if they go on a website expecting that they can buy online to find out that they have to go to the shop. So just make it clear um, so that people aren't going to be disappointed and it avoids wasting that money on directing them to your website if they're never going to engage with you
0: it's crazy that we kind of have to talk about these these basics but i mean again in the article that we've linked to you can see that advertisers just aren't making it clear um you know how to engage properly you know Mm -hmm. you've got this ad up and running what do you want to get from it and if you're not making that clear then you're not going to get the results that you're looking for
1: Yeah. And again, it's just one that sometimes assume that people assume that people know how they can do it. So it's just like I said, you've got 15 headlines here. A simple buy online from us today or get a quote from us today um, is, is just one thing that you should be putting into one of those headlines. And my third point kind of links on from that is make it clear how quickly they can get it as well. And I think this is particularly important for... Well, actually, it's important for both B2B and B2C. Obviously, in an e-commerce world, if you want something for tomorrow, um, you want to be looking for people saying next-day delivery. Um, If you are in the B2B context and you're looking for a service, you want to know if they're going to be able to do it sooner rather than later. Um, If you're going to be getting quotes for something, you want to know if someone's going to be giving you that quote on the same day or in five working days, for example. So set expectations um, and also if other people are mentioning it if you can do better make sure that you're making that clear so again looking at the example I put in the in the article um, there was two house moving companies one said get five quotes in 60 seconds and one said get six free quotes in two minutes so (laughs) that gives people a choice to go oh do I want six in two or do I want five in 60 but make it clear how you're different make it clear how quickly they're going to get what they want
0: I, I am waiting for uh, to see an ad saying "Get four billion quotes in two <laughs> seconds." Uh, yeah. where it's, it's it's a race to the bottom, people. Uh, what's 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 number four? So
1: this is this is a kind of crucial one, and that is highlight how your products or services help people. So this is really highlighting the key benefits of people dealing with your business rather than others. So this should probably take up a few of those headline slots and this is where you go back to thinking about um, kind of your USPs if you have them. I know it's very challenging because um, there's lots of people that do very similar things but what do you, why do people buy with you? If you don't know the answer to that then that's something you should survey your client base about to find out exactly why they chose you over the competition and that's the exact kind of things that you should be putting in your ads. Um, one other thing is to use social proof here. Um, so if you've got lots of reviews, um, yes, you've got the review extension, but if you if you don't have um, a review extension in place, it's a great place to say we've got lots of five-star reviews, for example. Also, authority bias. So this is where you are using... Uh, citations um, where you're offering is backed by experts or trusted sources that people will be familiar with that will add real weight to your messages so we work with a client who's been on this podcast serious readers um, they have a reading light that has been recommended by 500 over 500 independent qualified opticians and obviously that adds some real weight um, to their product being um, something that's worthy um, of helping your eyes
0: it, and and the thing that i would add to this is and and it really depends on kind of who you've got managing your campaigns i mean if you let's just say you're managing them for example it it Now, adding review extensions, uh, connecting your reviews to a third-party platform can be a bit of a difficult process. It's a bit clunky, and there's a few steps involved. Um, I'm hoping, perhaps, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, take the hint, Google, uh, (laughs) that they might be improving this process in 2022 or in the near future. Um, But it, it can take time to get right. However, if you get it right and if you're able to incorporate um, reviews or, or other social proofing in your ads, it can make a world of difference and we've seen um, significant improvements in ad performance um, if we include you know, things like reviews and, um, and, and prices and, and mainly just reviews in our ads so it, it is a bit of a, a process, it can take a little bit longer, you can make some mistakes it can be a bit clunky, um, but it's definitely worth doing, if you're not doing it, do it
1: So number five, um, really easy one, is make it clear who you are. So we talked about um, Baby Maury and John Lewis doing this in their ads. You want to make it clear to people um, exactly who you are. And this is particularly important if your brand name is shared with other people who have similar names, who do completely different things. So use one of those headlines to, to put in your brand name and put it in in a way that makes it super clear who you are. So if you are um, manufacturing a product and you, re- you have resellers of your products, you might want to consider putting um, original, whatever brand you is, you is, you are, sorry. <laughs> <but> you <laughs> is um, <laughs> uh, the uh, original company, for example. Or even just the, if your domain is quite well known, you might put, use your domain here or um yeah, or just your brand name, but make it clear who you are. Um, I know it's in the URL that will show, but that kind of brand familiarity is quite important and will help.
0: Yeah, particularly if your brand is well known in the area that you're looking to kind of advertise in. It's mm-hmm. kind of a no-brainer. If you're a reputable name, a reputable name or even, um, mm-hmm. and you're not utilising your brand and leveraging the power of your brand in your advertising, it's a huge missed opportunity. Um, so, Yeah. Make it clear. Do what Becky says, basically.
1: Make it clear. And that leads on to number six, which is make it clear what you want your customers to do and tell them to do it. So this is all about having a clear call to action, which so many people forget to do. If you want people to buy online, make sure you have a headline telling them to buy online. If you want to push a particular range or service from your offering, then point them towards that. Don't just tell them to come have a look at your website. Tell them to go look at that cop selling car for example
0: yeah i think this comes from our just natural kind of human approach to we, we we're sometimes afraid to tell people kind of what we want and what we want them to do um but you're advertising you're, you're paying money to to appear prominently on google search you're, you're paying to get in front of your target customers um make it worth it tell them what you want uh, off, off the back of their interaction with your ads. Uh, a call to action is an absolute must have and it fits in with with what we do as the agency. Um, you know, Our ads are usually geared around a, a who, a what, uh, and a why uh, in various kind of different forms. I mean, particularly with responsive search ads now, those kind of terms are interchangeable. But the the how, how do people engage with you? Well, that's the call to action. What do you want to get off the back of them seeing you and clicking on your ad? Call to actions, add them in, do it. Uh,
1: Number seven, I feel like we're doing top of the pops here. Um, Number seven, uh, highlight what categories, options and selections you offer. So this is just um, an opportunity for you to show your breadth of range. So that again, people are having their expectations set before they click through. So if you've got loads of options to choose from, that's a great headline to put you've got hundreds, you've got thousands to choose from. That'll give people a real, real clear indication of yes I want I don't really know what I want. This site's going to give me plenty of options. Um, if you are really niche, again, it's a good opportunity to say you are the best. The, or the only person that niches in this area. So just make it clear exactly what you're offering. It kind of links, I, I've kind of said, make it clear. There's a, there's a theme here, make it clear, but you can kind of break it down into different elements of your offering. So this is really product or service specific. What is the real range of services and prof, uh, profits uh, of products that you offer?
0: It's fine. I mean, I, I think at this point, anyone that's listening is going to be like, yeah, this is a bit repetitive. Becky's just saying make, make it, clear, it clear, and then Michael's saying do it, uh, and, and that's all I'm <laughs> that's all I'm going to say for this one as well. Uh, but what I am going to do is I'm going to go number eight. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Michael. Um, so this is a different one. And that is use cost signaling to pre-qualify visitors. So I kind of mentioned bolting this on to kind of your core offering bits on point number one. But this is something that perhaps you want to put into a separate headline. Um, and that is, yeah, making it clear where you where you are in the market on a kind of pricing um, line. And I'm not talking about going, we are the cheapest, um, unless you are. In which case, then why aren't you telling people that? Um, but it can just be as, as simple as adding in things like low cost holiday provider, for example, or um, even putting in some prices. So book from as low as £199 or very low management fees from 0.05%. Um, it's just giving people an idea of where you are because there's nothing more frustrating as a buyer um uh, seeing someone kind of from the ad you go oh this looks good and then you click through and then they're too expensive for you so pre-qualified people don't waste money on people that aren't going to be able to afford you at the same time if you are low cost and you definitely want to be telling people about that because people people do like cheap um it's also smart to highlight any fees that you might have available so this could be delivery fees um any kind of sign up costs or taxes as well again it's just being up front with people
0: yeah pre-qualification is so important uh, particularly for kind of boosting your your quality scores increasing your um expected click-through rates and things like that because what you're doing is you're essentially pairing the highest quality ad with the most relevant searcher Um, and you know cost signaling is is a great way to do that you know if you are the cheapest in your field if your service or your product is the cheapest yeah, talk about that because you know as we know and as we have seen people are still very much driven by price particularly now it's is highly competitive people are looking for the best deal they might not necessarily be looking for the cheapest but it is something that we do kind of gravitate to when we are researching whatever we're looking to buy or invest in uh highly important like we have said on multiple occasions. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. And, uh, and, and, and finally, number nine, what have we got Becky?
1: Finally, highlight any deals or promotions that you have available. So consumers love to think they're getting a deal. So if you've got any promotions or offers available, don't forget to update your ad text to tell people about them. Um, it can be a real big motivator and make you stand out in the crowded marketplace. You've already, we've already discussed the baby Maury example, whilst, um, there's things they could do to improve that ad just having an offer there made their ad stand out against the other two and if i was a a thrifty buyer i would click on that one um so make sure you update your ad copy um if you are running any incentives um and that actually just goes beyond because you can use the ad extension to use promo extensions to very quickly do this and apply to all your ads but if it's a really great deal that's going to be running for a long time, you should be updating it in, as a headline and including it in the description as well, probably.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's where a lot of people get confused because they go, well, there's there's a promotion extensions um, mm-hmm. option, so I should only be putting my promotions there and not in my ad. It's like, well, if you've got a really good promotion, why aren't you including it in both? Double down mm-hmm. on what you're offering. Uh, and, and yeah, like you said, Becky, if you have a longer term promotion have that in the ad and then talk about your secondaries and tertiary extent um promotions in the extension uh, section but there's no right or wrong when it comes to where you place your promotions and if you want to use both then yeah do it
1: and i think it will really help with your click-through rates i mean all the things i've said yes some of them are obvious but uh, again i go into so many ad accounts and so many people are just saying the same thing in different ways, whereas we've talked about nine different things you want to be thinking about and making sure you've got information on that will really help you fill up those fields.
0: I think what I've seen um, through, you know, my audits of, of accounts over the last 12 months is the responsive search ads um while there was a little bit of um, kind of aversion to it and a bit of resistance is it is here to stay. And and I do think it's going to benefit a lot of advertisers, but it's not going to benefit you if you just go in and you kind of see it as a box ticking exercise and you're like, okay, uh, what is my business? Uh, It's this and this and this and this, and you're kind of going through the motions and you're not really thinking uh, about your proposition. You're not really thinking about your products and you're not really thinking about how you're going to be perceived by your target audience and your target customers. If you're just kind of doing it for the sake of doing it, then your ads aren't going to work. If you're thinking about things uh, using the checklist that we've put in front of you and the checklist that we've just discussed on this podcast, you will get better results. You'll take a little bit more time to get those ads up and running, but you will thank us for that extra time that you spent. Absolutely. And
1: avoid the temptation to pin things, I would say. Um, Let let google do its thing it's going to test all the variations of these different headlines and whilst you might think that your um next day delivery is the most important thing that people buy from google might tell you otherwise and you'll get that data you'll see which is the lesser performing headlines and google will highlight that and suggest that you swap them out so trust in google try different things make it clear that you're um exactly what you offer cover all these angles I've spoken about and you should see your click-through rate start to improve nicely
0: there we go nine practical tips that we guarantee will improve google ads performance in 2022 have a look at the list it's on our website www.digitalgearbox.co.uk again the article is linked in the show notes if you want to go there instead put some of this theory into practice and uh, yeah, thank us later. Uh, well, that's, uh, that's a wrap for our first podcast of the new year. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the PPC Burrito podcast. If you haven't already, please consider giving us a follow on LinkedIn and also on Twitter and Instagram at Digital Gearbox. Um, also, give us a follow and subscribe to us on the platform that you're listening to this podcast on. Uh, if you want to use PPC platforms like Google Ads to unlock more traffic leads and sales feel free to get in touch either by dropping us a message on social media or by going to our website www.digitalgearbox.co.uk i feel like i've done that a bunch of times in this episode (laughs) so from me michael and me becky stay safe stay happy and until next time amigos keep on optimizing